the Pan-Amazon Synod has been very useful for the establishment in Vatican City for one purpose, to turn our gaze away from the usual corruption that has plagued the Church for years. For my part, nearly every weekend video in October has been about the Synod, and for good reason. The shame is that some normal corruption news isn't getting covered at all, getting very little coverage by the rest of the commentary class. So let's fix that. Today's theme in the three very different stories I have for you is this. The modernists in the church have a very strange relationship with wealth. We have three stories. One about Peter's Pence, one about the outward display of wealth by the church, and the, and the other on the state of the Vatican Bank, and two of those are going to be covered at the same time, and all of which show that the modernists profess one thing, but in reality are like the rest of us, and that being sinners and hypocrites. So let's get into this. The Vatican Bank has a long and sordid history in the 20th century of being a thorn in the side of the papal authorities, due to its near-constant history of corruption. It has been credibly accused of having been founded at the close of the Second World War, with gold from the various losing totalitarian governments, in exchange for aid being given in escaping Europe. If that accusation is actually true, the money used to found the Vatican Bank is blood money of some kind or another. While initially the money was used to prevent socialist political parties from winning elections in Italy and elsewhere in Europe, Quickly thereafter, the Vatican Bank found itself embroiled in embezzlement scandals, links to organized crime, links to the Lodge, and links to various globalist actors across Europe. From the late 1960s onward, there has been a near-constant stream of scandals plaguing the Vatican Bank. You could do a long-form video just covering all of them if you really felt like it. On October 1st of this year, the offices of the Vatican Secretary of State were raided by officers of the Vatican's Financial Intelligence Authority, using a 16-page decree issued by the Pope. That story came and went, and some wondered what the officers were looking for. On the 21st, the news broke about what it was the agents were looking for, and man, it's a doozy. I have a lengthy quote from an article by the Catholic News Agency, but it's worth it. From the Catholic News Agency, quote, a confidential report from the Vatican's Anti-Corruption Authority shows that the Secretariat of State has used about $725 million, most of which came from the Pope's charity fund, in off-books operations. Italian weekly La Spresso published a report October 20th, revealing information from the three confidential Vatican documents, one of which is a report from the Pope's Anti-Corruption Authority, called the Office of the General Auditor claiming to have found serious financial crimes and corruption within the Secretariat of State. The documents, L'Espresso reported, detail the use and management of extra budgetary funds by the Secretariat of State, deriving in large part from the donations received by the Holy Father for charitable works and for the sustenance of the Roman Curia. Woo, lad. Among the accusations, which stem from Vatican Bank officials filing formal complaints with the Vatican, are accusations that there are serious indications of embezzlement, fraud, abuse of office, money laundering, and self-money laundering. At least most of the money was drawn from Peter's Pence, the annual collection through which Catholics are invited to support the charitable activities of the Pope. L'Espresso reported these funds as being used in reckless speculative operations, and that the same report by the general auditor says about 77% of the assets, that's about $558 million, were put into Swiss and Italian branches of the investment bank Credit Suisse. End quote. The present Secretary of State is Cardinal Pietro Parolin. Now, one has to ask a rather serious question. What risky ventures was Parolin investing lay money in? 
I say lay money because that money came from Peter's Pence, which is that second collection that, at least in the U.S., typically hits a lady in June, and it's supposed to go to fund various special missions of the Holy Father, especially in poor and underdeveloped countries where church resources are thin. Peter's Pence has been rocked by scandals in the past few years, including accusations that the money was used to intervene in U.S. border security politics, and even an accusation that it was used to support a losing presidential candidate in 2016. Those accusations have led to another scandal that flew under the radar mostly in the past week, that the lay donations to Peter's Pence have dropped precipitously, going from an average of $100 million U.S. dollars annually to around $60 million annually leading some to suspect that the Vatican will face serious financial problems by 2023. The reality of Peter's Pence is that about 20% of Pence funds go to the missions they purport to support, and the rest into these risky ventures and support of Vatican City operations. Now, with news that there is a $725 million missing from the Vatican Treasury, we can only wonder what it is really going on in the Vatican Bank, a question knowledgeable lay people have been asking themselves since the 1960s. Some of the risky ventures mentioned include a real estate investment by the Vatican in London, where 45% ownership in a luxury apartment project was purchased using church funds. Remember that the next time one of these guys talks about the need for a church with an Amazonian face. Others included attempted investments in oil development in countries with terrible human rights records, all done in the full spirit of Laudato Si, of course. That covers two stories in one, really both inseparably linked. Some in high positions in the church seem fully willing to both condemn wealthy countries for having an abundance of wealth, and then use that guilt to, do, to get you to donate to the church, using the excuse that they'll be able to support the missions of the Holy Father in the developing world, when in reality a great deal of those funds go to either politically controversial causes, or are used to invest in real estate and natural resources. That's the state of things right now. But the next story is almost hilarious in light of what I just told you. Headline from LifeSite News. Church would send a message by banning gold chalices and diamond rings. The genius who came up with that idea is Canada's version of Pastor Jimmy Martin of the Jesuit Church, Father Thomas Reese of the Jesuit Church. The context is this. Reese was reporting on the Amazon schism and asked another priest, a Brazilian named Father Dario Rossi, the provincial superior of the Combonian missionaries in Brazil, if banning the use of precious metals and other outward signs of wealth in the mass by the church broadly would send a positive message in South America. In Reese's own words, so I don't misrepresent what he says, quote, Father Bossi and others have been very articulate in describing the damage done by mining, and especially done by gold. And yet the Catholic Church continues to use gold in its sacred vessels. We also hear about the damage from blood diamonds. And we continue to use gold rings and diamonds in the sacrament of matrimony. Would it make sense then for the church to send a message about how important it, it, it takes this by saying, we will no longer use gold in sacred vessels, and that we won't allow gold and diamonds to be used in the sacrament of marriage? Yes, you heard that right. Don't use gold in the sacrament of marriage. Does that include in wedding rings? But the underlying logic is what's really worth looking at here. Material objects and substances have been abused by the world and used for bad things, and as such must be banned by the church because of that association. That's a logic, and of course it's utterly stupid logic, if we can call it logic at all. But this is what your brain looks like on liberation theology. Father Bossi's response is illustrating. Quoting from the LifeSite News article, 
Father Bossy said that he didn't represent the church but considered the question. He said that only 10% of gold is used for medical purposes, but otherwise is a useless material. Tell that to the tech sector. Used only as an asset or jewelry. He reflected that the church is being called to live more simply. I believe, yes, that it would be a strong sign if the church asked to withdraw gold and diamonds from her liturgy and sacraments, Bossy concluded. End quote. To his credit, Bossy spent more than a decade dealing with corporate corruption and mining, and specifically working against companies whose environmental practices have led to malformed children, accusations of murder against workers and organizers, and without a doubt a general misery among the local population. And this is why liberation theology is a contagion, like anything else. Sin exists, and if we don't have a proper understanding of the faith and what is a permissible response from the point of view of the faithful Catholic, bizarre ideologies get embraced and bizarre solutions to problems proposed, such as this proposal to ban gold, silver, and precious stones from the liturgy. The LifeSite piece quotes a 2005 document on the sacred liturgy that explains the role of the precious metals. I'm going to quote that here. Quote, Sacred vessels for containing the body and blood of the Lord must be made in strict conformity with the norms of tradition and of the liturgical books. The bishops' conferences have the faculty to decide whether it is appropriate once their decisions have been given the recognitio by the apostolic see for sacred vessels to be made of other solid substances as well. It is strictly required, however, that such materials be truly noble in the common estimation within a given region, so that honor will be given to the Lord by their use, and all risk of diminishing the doctrine of the real presence of Christ in the Eucharistic species in the eyes of the faithful will be avoided. Reprobated, therefore, is any practice of using for the celebration of Mass common vessels, or others lacking in quality, or devoid of all artistic merit, or which are mere containers, as also other vessels made from glass, earthenware, clay, or other materials that break easily. This norm is to be applied even as regards metals and other materials that easily rust or deteriorate. End quote. That is from the 2005 document Redemptionis Sacramentum, and it illustrates that the use of these materials is to prevent the liturgy falling into banality. But apparently in the Church of the Jesuits, all must be sacrificed for a material concept of justice, and that is a crime itself, and these maniacs are permitted to run free and teach their errors to the faithful. Like I said, they have a weird relationship with wealth. In the end, stories of corruption continue to come out on a regular basis. We know this to be the case, and it will continue like this in the future. That's why I appreciate your continued support of this channel. It does enable me to bring these stories to you in a relatively timely manner. For the sources of these stories, you can go to the sources blog, returntotradition.org, and you'll find them there, along with other interesting related stories. Until next time, pray for the church. Thank you for listening. I am Anthony Stein. Viva Cristo Rey.